My name is Mark Klingler, and I'm from the Key Peninsula. Anybody here been out to the Key Peninsula before? Uh, part of a church called Waypoint, and um, been there for about six years. About three years ago, we planted a church, not a church, but it's another campus, another uh, location of Waypoint, so I'm a part of Waypoint South, and uh, it's kind of join us if you can find us because of uh, COVID, we've had to move. I, I experienced that with actually Thrive Tonight. Google said one thing, we went there first and then we came here. Um, but um, I do uh, most of my work with Waypoint South and just uh, shepherding and leading there. So there's there's just some reference point of where I'm from. Um, so next slide, let's talk about uh, the good shepherd. Michael Bouchers gave me the um, topic of I am the good shepherd, the words that Jesus said that he was, and I believe he still is, the good shepherd. And I believe that Jesus speaks truth about himself and the world, and so I believe that Jesus is the good shepherd. And I don't think Michael knows me too well, but I am kind of an expert on the whole shepherding thing, if you want to throw this next slide. These are two of our sheep. One of them sadly passed away, the, the one in the, the white there, but, but we do, we replaced, okay, never mind. The, no, the black one's alive. Anyway, we had a death. My wife, with, with all of the tribal knowledge of the Klinglers, we still know who's who, but one of them died, uh, but we replaced, um, replaced her with another one. Anyway, so I am an expert shepherder, <laughs> sheep herder. We've got two sheep. Uh, we've been at this for about 15, 16 months now, and uh, it is a dream come true. We've got sheep, we've got, we've got uh, geese, we've got ducks, we've got chickens. We've got a cat and uh, seven children. So uh, I do know a little bit about herding animals and uh, taking care of them. So uh, that's kind of just qualifying myself here, folks. Uh, now let's get into Jesus is the good shepherd. Uh, Jesus in John 10, 11, he claims, he says, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And I think the there means something in the text that he is the, and that means preeminent, like he is the best. He is the good shepherd, not a good shepherd. He's not one of many. He is the good shepherd. And so he says, I am the good shepherd. And uh, let's look at what good means there. Uh, good in the Greek is kalos, Kalos, and uh, you can look this up for yourself anywhere. Uh, the way that I look up the Greek terms is that I'll just take the, the Bible verse, I'll go John 10, 11, and, and Google. You guys know Google. I'll say John 10, 11, and after that I'll type in interlinear, and then it just the, I click the first link every time. It takes me to Bible Hub, and you can look up the Greek there and find these, these definitions. But good in the Greek, I found, means this. If you go ahead and uh, throw that next slide up there, it's a the word kalos, and it means attractively good. And I was surprised by this, because if you would have just asked me what I thought Jesus meant by good shepherd, I would have thought he meant that he was skilled, like he knew all of the techniques to be a good shepherd, that he was, uh, as far as what he did, he, was, he, was, he had a regiment, and he had a plan, and he was good at it. But here it says that he's attractively good, 
It's a kind of good that inspires and motivates others to embrace what is lovely. It's beautiful and praiseworthy, well done, so as to be winsome and appealing. And so Jesus is beautiful and praiseworthy. He's winsome. And the kind of shepherd that he is, is one that we want to follow. I hope that you've experienced that, that that's the Jesus you know. That you've spent the time with him and his people to know that he is good, that he is winsome, that he is beautiful and praiseworthy. It even said handsome there at one point in time. And, you know, I'd like to think Jesus was a handsome guy. Um, and he says that he was a, a good shepherd. The second part of that, obviously, is shepherd. So go ahead and go to the next slide. He says, I am a good shepherd. What was the sound that you made? Is that how it works? <laughs> it, it's a lag. Okay. Well, okay. Anyway, so I'll keep talking and just in faith believe that the slides will show up there eventually. Uh, the second part here is shepherd. He is the good shepherd. And the Greek word there is poimen. And if you translate that into Latin, it's where we get the word pastor from. And so whenever I think of my responsibilities as a pastor, I think of shepherding. Am I shepherding people well as Jesus shepherds me? I, am, I, I don't want to be called a lead pastor of anything because uh, in Peter, the, uh, the letters of Peter, um, Peter says that Jesus is the chief shepherd. And so he is the lead pastor of the church. Uh, shepherd there in the Greek means properly a shepherd, a pastor, figuratively someone who the Lord raises up to care for the total well-being of his flock, the people of the Lord. And so the word there for the good shepherd, the chief shepherd, the word for Jesus there means that he takes care of his people, that he feeds them, and that he protects them. Jesus, in this scripture, is the beautiful, handsome, inspiring, praiseworthy, winsome, feeder, protector, and ruler of his people. I hope that's who he is to you. Jesus here is revealing his character to his people and saying that if you haven't seen that yet, spend more time with me and you'll find this to be true. I know that for me, when I came to the faith at, at 15 or 16, and I believed uh, that, that I couldn't see God, I couldn't see the effects of God, and so maybe God didn't exist, I know that when somebody gave me a Bible and said, okay, I, I hear that, Mark, but read the gospel and then read Acts and then just come back to me and talk about it. I didn't need to talk much after that because as I read the gospel of Luke, the words of Jesus, I believe uh, inspiration that came off the page, the Holy Spirit got a hold of my heart and the Jesus that I read in the scripture was different than any other person I had ever come in contact with or heard about in human history. He was winsome to me and he was beautiful and I believed the words of the page even if I didn't understand them that he could feed me, he could protect me, he could be the ruler over my life in a way that no other person or thing had been up until then. And so I truly believe that Jesus is trying here to show us his nature and character so that we might follow him above all else. 
He is the good shepherd. He will take care of us. He will protect us. He will rule over us. And he is not heavy-handed. He is not uh, someone to be afraid of. He is beautiful and handsome and inspiring and praiseworthy. And if it's hard for you to, to imagine um, Jesus as a beautiful person, as a beautiful leader, as an inspiring and winsome leader, then I encourage you to spend more time with him. And not in a legalistic way either. You don't go away from here thinking, man, I got to pray three hours now instead of 15 minutes. I got to read this much. I got just whatever way that you've connected with Jesus in the past, do more of that and find uh, where he is beautiful and handsome and winsome and he is a good shepherd. And in my life, I've seen it come to pass that he has taken care of me, he has protected me, and he's been a good leader for me. You guys believe that? Okay, you guys are still here. I don't know how much of that like pasta, gnocchi stuff like settles and then you can't think anymore, uh, but that happens to me sometimes. I don't, I'm a little older, um, you know, I'm, I'm pushing 30, is it 37 now? I'm, I'm just think. I always forget how old I am because once you get, I will be 37 though, I'm pushing 37. And so when I was listening to these announcements, just the idea of some of those activities made me a little tired. Like swing dancing, you're going to go to the pumpkin patch, and then swing dancing, and then, whew. Anyway, um, so Jesus is the good shepherd, and he talks about that uh, a little more. And you can read the full scripture there. It's all available uh, to you. I'm sure that you've got a way to get a hold of the Bible. Uh, but let's just talk a little bit more about the qualifiers and some of the stuff he puts around this. He says that he lays down his life for his sheep. And this is an evidence of how good of a shepherd he is, how beautiful and winsome of a leader he is. We want a kind of leader who will do the thing first before he asks us to do the thing, right? I do not like a leader who tells me to do something they're not willing and able to do themselves. And so when Jesus says that I will lay down my life for you, and he actually did it, then I know this is the kind of leader I want to follow. It is a beautiful and winsome thing that Jesus did on the cross, that he would lay down his life for us. And not only that, uh, but Jesus didn't just give us a weekend, right? I heard uh, or I saw a comment once uh, on a thread that said, well, he just gave us a weekend. That's all he gave up. Uh, was this, Jesus gave his whole life. He gave 33 years away from heaven, away from the comforts of, of what he had experienced before. He, he laid down all of that, all of the luxuries of what life could have been for him so that we might have a good leader to show us the way. He lays down his life for the sheep. He's willing to protect us. And here he's talking about the idea of shepherding. Like uh, he says there's a hired hand. that Maybe they hire somebody that doesn't own the sheep. They're just hired there. They're, they're hourly wage. They don't get commission, whatever it might be. They'll be like, not my job. A wolf comes along or a bear comes along or uh, something comes along and they're like, I don't get paid enough for this. I don't know if you work a job like that where you're like, I only get paid this much and my shift is over in 15 minutes. And so that's not my 
trying to clean up, right? But if you're the owner of that restaurant, if you're the owner of that business, if you're the owner of that house, if you're the shepherd of those people, then you're the kind of person who would say, everything is my job, and I, if I need to lay my life down for this, I will lay my life down. This would make people think of, I think the first people that heard this, they would be thinking a little bit of David when he laid down his life for his sheep. You know, when he's, he goes up to fight uh, Goliath, he says, I've already taken down a lion. I've already taken down a bear with my own hands. And so I can take down Goliath. He had laid down his life for his sheep. And so that's how God knew that he would be a good shepherd of the people of Israel because he was willing to sacrifice. And he was a foreshadowing of what Jesus did on the cross. And so Jesus lays down his life for his people. And that's you, by the way. He laid down his life for you. How much is something worth? It's worth what somebody will pay for it. And so our worth is shown that Jesus would lay down his life for us. Let's skip ahead, uh, verses 14 and 15. He says it again. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay my life down for the sheep. Jesus is a good shepherd, better than me. If, if I was on a picture up there, he wouldn't be confused as the black one or the white one, or did we lose this one or lose that one? He would know, he would know more. I always argue with my daughter uh, because she's like, you don't even love our chickens. You don't even know all their names and their breeds and stuff like that. Well, Liz, I'm the one that buys the food. I'm the one that builds the coop. I'm the one that cleans the coop. I, I love them in that way. We love in different ways. But Jesus loves in all of those ways, right? He is the good shepherd. He is the preeminent uh, caretaker for his people. And he says that he knows his own. He knows us, right? He knows, like, your innermost thoughts, and he still loves you. Like he knows those weird things that, that maybe you say, I'm never going to tell anything about anyone about that idea I had in my head or that thing that I did or that embarrassing uh, character defect of mine. He knows that, right? And he knows what you're good at. He knows your strengths. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your history. And uh, he still wants to be your shepherd. And then he says, my own know me. My own know me. Next scripture, our next slide says uh, that Jesus is the good shepherd. Do you know him? So if Jesus really is a good shepherd to you, then you know him. You know him. And this is a little bit uh, more from experience with sheep uh, that I, I begin to understand this a little more. The last uh, 15 months with the sheep has been eye-opening uh, for me. I remember one time they got out and I, was, I had to carry one back. And I, I look at that picture now of, the, uh, of Jesus with the, with the... I'll get to that in a second. Uh, um, with the sheep over his shoulders. And I think, man, that I, I'm not going to do that. This sheep is too fat. I don't know if those sheep were smaller, but Jesus really must have been just ripped uh, to be able to carry that sheep because that is a lot of weight. Um, so uh, next slide is this. Uh, there is a term that is being used for people who are sheep these days, and it's a derogatory term. You see it there, sheeple. This is actually in the dictionary now. 
uh, if you pick up a, a legitimate dictionary, it has the term sheeple, meaning people compared to sheep in being docile, foolish, or easily led. And uh, it's unfortunate that even uh, some of the people who would use that in a derogatory way intersect with people who love Jesus because uh, in order to, to really follow Jesus the way that we should in the New Testament, we've got to be comfortable with the idea of being like sheep because those are the good guys, all right? If you look at Matthew 25, there's two, there's two kinds of people. Who are, who are trying to follow Jesus. And there's the people who are like sheep and they're, they're trying to follow Jesus as a, out of a good heart in the right way. And there are the people that are the goats. And it doesn't end well for the goats. It ends well for the sheep, right? And so um, we should be a people marked by submission to the beautiful King Jesus. That we should be sheeple to Jesus, right? Well, the reason that people are, are angry about people who are sheeple these days is because they might follow the wrong thing or wrong information. But you need to know that it's okay to be a sheep in the Christian world because we should, the world should say, you follow Jesus too much. <laughs> you follow Jesus even when it doesn't make sense. You follow Jesus when I think that there's misinformation. You follow Jesus when it doesn't make sense. We should be marked by our submission to what Jesus has told us to do, what the good shepherd has led us into, even if it doesn't make sense to the world. And so Jesus is the good shepherd. Do you know him? Do you follow him in that way? Have you formed a bond with him? Now, this is a picture of us, us shearing here, and I'm down on the ground in my, my farm boots, and that's one of our sheep there. And uh, that looks like a, like a hallmark moment, right? Like it could put it on a card. You know, uh, for the first several months that we had sheep, and I would go feed them or lock them up or whatever it might be, they would do this move to me when I would approach them. Uh, when I get close, they do this. They go... <laughs> they'd stomp at me. And I'm bit, I, I know that the sheep are are kind of big, but I'm bigger than them. Like, don't they know that I could, I could take them? But they have, this, they have this defiance to them sometimes. If they don't know you, if they're not bonded with you, uh, then they'll stomp in your direction. I know for years I stomped at Jesus when he tried to be my good shepherd. I found that after I spent two hours in this little, little cage here on, on the ground hugging that sheep, Afterwards, she doesn't stomp at me anymore. She knows me. She's bonded with me because she spent time with me. Have you formed a bond with Jesus? Like, do you miss him in his presence sometimes? Do you remember the last time that you, you really felt like he was in the room with you? I know that theologically God is everywhere and his presence never leaves us, but how long would it take for you right now to get into the place where you really felt like you were communing with Jesus? That you felt like you were in that place either through Bible reading or prayer or through talking with another person or worship? How long would it take you uh, to reconnect to that bond? These are things that we should be asking ourselves because if we really know Jesus, we should be able to hear his voice uh, amongst all the noise and we should be bonded with him. And so, do you know Jesus? Have you formed a bond with him? The next question is this. Um, do you know Jesus? Are you being fed by him? 
And uh, uh, as we've already heard from my wonderful wife back there, I've, I don't know who is in this picture, but we, we did have, uh, we got these, sh these two sheep to begin with, and we had one of them that passed away suddenly. Uh, my wife found her just kind of laid over on her side, and she had experienced this thing called gloat, bloat, bloat. Um, and what happens if, is if sheep eat too much of, of wheat or grain, things that they shouldn't eat, then their, their body can't process the gases. Anybody, any other farmers out there who, who can check me on this? Okay, good. I can say whatever I want. Um, <laughs> but they can't process the gases, and then they, they, they get poisoned and they pass away. And so that's a very big hole to dig, uh, just so you know. And uh, we had one pass away. Here's why. Because she was eating the wrong stuff, right? And are we being fed the right things really from Jesus? We had to develop whole systems in our yard uh, that we had to redo uh, to be able to feed the chickens what they needed and not have the sheep get what the chickens were eating. Because if the sheep ate too much chicken food, then the sheep would die, right? We have to make sure that when we throw scraps out to the chickens, that we don't put stuff in there that will harm the sheep, right? Otherwise, the sheep will just eat whatever you put out there. And if you don't put out the right stuff, you could kill them, and they wouldn't even think, oh, that's bad stuff, it could kill me. Uh, they would eat it. And I think there's a little bit of us in there, right? Like, if we don't eat the stuff that Jesus is really trying to feed us, then we die spiritually. That if we eat the things of the world, if we're fed by the world, if we're fed by uh, something other than Jesus, other than the good shepherd, then we'll die. Are we being fed by Jesus? And what I mean by that is, uh, do you get uh, steady spiritual feeding from things that are biblically based? Are you fed by things that would match up with what the Bible says? Are you fed uh, by people who are being led by the Spirit and led by the Bible? Are you fed, fed by those things? Are you fed by the Holy Spirit himself? And how are you being fed? And um, are you fed by Jesus, the Good Shepherd? <clears throat> are you just eating whatever somebody puts out there? Um, last question here. Have you found your home in Jesus? Have you found your home in Jesus? There's lots of things that toss us to and fro and make us go off center line. But when you come back to center, like where are you magnetized to? Is it Jesus? The first day we got the sheep, very first day, very first hour, one of our children, I don't know who, they won't, they won't rat what? It was a group effort. They left the gate open like almost immediately. And these sheep, they just, they didn't know where home was. And so immediately, we live on like, we live on two and a half acres. And then we got two and a half over here and three over here and 10 over here. I traveled all of those acres in that one day trying to get these sheep back. Right? They ran up over here, down these acres, up the yard, into the woods, into the other guy's acres, the other 10 acres, ran all the way around, ran out into the road, came back in off the road, and finally we were able to get one of them. The other one was spooked, and this is a picture of my daughter. She's, she's got a hold of, uh, of this one, 
And she's just staying there in that place because I had caught the other one and I was huffing it up. You know, that's the point where I was like, that Jesus picture, I'm not as good as Jesus right here because I could barely huff it up. Like I had to grab him up by the legs and, and then set him down. I'm like, man, I do this to Jesus all the time. I run away from him <laughs> and what he wants from me. And he's doing all the work just to hoof me back, to, to be able to spiritually put me back where I need to be. And the thing is now, now that they know who, who they're bonded to, to our family, now that they know where their food is from, now that they know where home is, we can leave that gate open several times. I would say uh, four or five times we've left that gate open and the sheep have wandered out. They've even gotten in the front yard and it takes about 10 seconds just for us to say, hey, here's the gate. And they come right back. They don't run over to the neighbor's property. They don't run away because they know where the food is. They know where their people are. They know where home is. They're magnetized by this area. And I believe in Jesus, if we're truly following him, if we know Jesus, then there's an anchor point for us. There's an anchor place for us sometimes. You know, whatever your, your group of people are that are moving forward in Jesus, that you're doing that with, that's, that's got some magnetism to it. Whatever, wherever your prayer spot is or your, your certain radio station or your, your podcast that you listen to that gets you closer to Jesus, you, you're mag, nobody has to force you into that. You're not running away all the time over here and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got to do this. I got to do that. You're just like, that's just a natural part of my life because that is home. I'm magnetized. I'm centered by that. Have you found home in that? In the end, I think a lot of uh, the sheep metaphor and the shepherd metaphor, it, leans, it leads us towards a trust in Jesus who is the good shepherd, and it takes all of the burden off of us to, to shepherd our own lives and to just be in control of the whole flock and all of the things uh, that we've done and know that Jesus is a good and beautiful and trustworthy leader that will protect us and feed us and lead us along the way. I can't leave this scripture out, this last scripture um, out <clears throat> when I think about Jesus being a good shepherd. Psalm 23 says this, and I've got, I'm going to read the whole thing, so there's three chunks here. Psalm 23, starting at one, says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Jesus is the good shepherd. And I feel like um, with a young adult's age group, at least for me, 
when I was that age, there was a certain scramble I had in my head that I had to do this and do that and fix this and change the world and, you know, fix the church and, you know, you know, redo the website and, you know, become an influencer and uh, get a family and get a house and get a job and do all these different things. And um, that worked for a while and a lot of good things came out of that. But uh, there was a time where I came to the end of myself and I had to realize that I had been trying to be my own good shepherd in many ways. And I hadn't allowed Jesus to be the good shepherd. He had to make me lie down, make me lie down in green pastures and just be okay with who he is and what he can accomplish and listen to his voice and be faithful with the next right thing. Uh, but if all that gets done is me allowing him to shepherd his people uh, in whatever way he needs to, then that's okay as well. And so the call for us today, I believe, um, as you guys uh, go from here into your small groups or whatever it is you do after this, I believe the call for us when we hear that Jesus is a good shepherd is to truly believe that he is a beautiful and winsome and perfect and um, lovely leader and believe that he can take care of us and that he will provide and protect and we can rest in whatever that is for us as we are centered in him and who he is and what he does. I'm going to go and pray for us. Um, and then we'll move to the next thing. Uh, Jesus, thank you so much that you are a good shepherd. I pray uh, for my own heart that you would relieve me from any self-reliance, that you would relieve me from uh, trying to be my own shepherd, that you would guide me. We do believe that you are beautiful, that you are winsome, that you are good, that better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Better is one day in your flock than a thousand elsewhere. We believe that you will provide for us, that you will protect us, and that you will be our good shepherd. I pray that you would lead us more and more, that we would be able to hear your voice quicker and more often, and that it will be the voice that leads us and no other voice would come through. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen.